Good morning, everybody. Are you encouraged this morning to know that God is good and that God loves you and that God sent his son to die on the cross for you and that God wants you to have a hope in the future? Amen. Um, you know, I am uh, just want to welcome everybody this morning. I'm Pastor Chad. I'm the pastor here at Gateway Church. And uh, just we're excited to have you this morning. And God, man, God is just, I believe God's gave me a, a good, timely word uh, for this week. There's a, how many of you know that there's a lot of Christians, there's a lot of denominations, and there's a lot of believers that don't necessarily agree on secondary issues? You know, when it comes to, when it comes to going to heaven, we don't have, everything doesn't have to be right on, but, we, but, but there are some specifics that need to be agreed upon. First of all, that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. No man come to the Father but by Him. You know, and, and a lot of times we put the name gospel on things that really aren't the gospel. They're just, you know, the, the gospel is, is, is that we're all, we're lost. You know, the wages of sin is death. The gift of God is eternal life to Jesus Christ. Jesus is the way, truth, and life. No man come to the Father but by Him, right? And anyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved, right? There's only one way to heaven, and His name is Jesus. It's not Buddha. It's not Allah. It's not anything, you know, and, and everybody's talking about halal meat. And I'm like, well, I mean, I don't know. If I see one while I'm hunting, I'll shoot it and I'll eat it and then I'll tell you what it tastes like. But, but I don't know if there's any in the woods around here. So, um, but, uh, yeah, that's funny, isn't it? So, so but, we, but we know, you know, and right now on, on, on f- a lot of people, man, instead of reading the Word, they just get glimpses of the Word because we read Facebook, right? And, you know... For the most part, the only thing you're going to see of the Word is the, is the good, nice things, right? The hard things usually aren't put on Facebook. Like, nobody posts on Facebook, you know, remember Ananias and Sapphira, they lied and the Holy Spirit killed them, you know. You'd probably get unfriended on Facebook. You see what I'm saying? I mean, we always hear the good, encouraging things, and they're true, and we need to know them things. But, you know, when it comes to the Word, Olin Griffin taught me a very important fact, and that's this. Truth is suspended between two extremes on rubber bands. Now, if truth is suspended between two extremes, if I cut this rubber band, what happens? I get slingshot to the other extreme, right? And, and now, we, we are a spirit-filled church, okay? I'm a tongue-speaking. I believe in prophecy. I believe in healing. I believe in all those things. You know, so, so like, for, for example, one extreme would be cessationism. In other words, the Holy Spirit died you know, and never rose again, or something like that, you know, and he was only good for the apostles, and he doesn't manifest himself anymore, I mean, I don't know how you can deny that, I mean, you know, we don't, we don't make theology by our experiences, but when our experiences match theology, you, you can't doubt that the Holy Spirit's real, I mean, I've been healed, for me to deny healing, I'd be a knucklehead, you know, but I mean, I've been healed, miraculously, now, was it overnight? No, it was, a, it was a, probably a year-long process, but I went one weekend to, we got to do surgery, to the next weekend, uh, the doctors were mad because they couldn't find anything wrong with me, you know? And it wasn't because I took the right Flintstone vitamin that week, it's because God clearly, definitively healed me. And I believe that all my, I believe one thing will be good until I die, and that's my hip. Now, my butt and my head, I'm not so, worried, I'm not so sure about it. But, <clears throat> so... So, but also on the, on the so, so you've got cessationism on this end, and what I call on the other end would be, charis, I don't know, charismaniac. I don't know what you call it, right? But, but the deal is, is if you, churches, they see an issue, and they attack it so hard that they beat all the truth out of it. They throw the baby out with the bathwater. 
they they and then they deny everything and to where you have nothing. And so like if you know the you know the so some people that you know go they go a little too extreme in the charismatic beliefs and these people attack it and before you know it there's no Holy Spirit, there's no power, there's no, there's you'd have nothing. And that's overcorrection. And so we need to read the word and we need to see what the word says. We need to the Bible says study the Study to show thyself approved, the workman needeth not be ashamed. And just reading your stuff on Facebook is not studying. You know? That, that's, that's not enough. You need to read. I bet I watched, I bet I watched like four sermons in the last two days, man. And dude, I feel spiritual. But but I mean, but the truth being said is, you know, hey, I'm a pastor like you. I have a flesh that I have to fight, and I have I have attitudes and all these things that I have to keep in check. But you know what? Usually when I'm really seeking God and when I'm really reading the word and when I'm really hungry I'm not usually I'm usually so preoccupied with God that I'm not standing around fighting with my flesh you know what I'm saying because I'm focused and I'm, and I'm paying attention to what I need to be doing and I'm, I'm we need to be hungry we need, we need to get hungry for God's word we need to you know because here's the thing I think a lot of people know things about scripture but they don't understand them you know you can know something and not understand it and still be just as bad off as if you didn't know anything. And, and so last week I, I mentioned something about word of faith. And, and a couple of people were like, what do you mean? We don't have faith? No. The, no. The Bible says that it, without faith it is impossible to please God. What is faith? It's trusting God. And so God says this, if you don't trust me, I'm displeased with that. God wants you to trust him in every area of your life. Amen? I mean, to the point of where you quit having plan B's and you quit trying to do things on your own. And so, but, but, but I said, you know, we're not a word of faith church, we're a word of God church. And so I want to explain a little bit of that today and let you know where we stand in the midst. How many of you know what word of faith is? It's a movement. Okay? Word of faith is the official title for the prosperity gospel. For the name it and claim it. How many of you have heard that? Name it and claim it. And the thing is, is they take truths, but they kind of push them over the edge a little bit. And I think we need to get grounded. The Bible talks about, you know, a double-minded man is unstable all of his ways. It also talks about being, being thrown to and fro by every wind of doctrine. We need to become grounded people. But what happens is people, they try to be so spiritual, but they have no foundation. You've got to be founded in the Word of God. Because if not, you, we, want, we want to elevate like a balloon spiritually, but you need to be tied off to something, right? Because if not, you're going to wake up in a different location every morning. We need to be anchored in the Word. That's anchor. That's another thing about our church, being anchored in the Word of God. And so when I say Word of Faith, we're not a Word of Faith church, that doesn't mean we don't have faith. Heck no. You're an idiot if you don't have faith. I'll tell you that right now. You better have faith. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. But I, I just want to share a few things, though, that I think we, we, get, in, we get in the danger zone when we push things. Because... You can take a truth, but if you misapply it or the reasoning behind it, you see, because you can turn, you, can, you know, you can turn the Bible into a very self-serving thing when we're to be a God-serving people about His will. And so, you know, the first thing is this, is that the prosperity gospel or the word of faith, it teaches that we are little gods. And that's baloney. The kind you make a sandwich with. That is, a, that, is, that is a misinterpretation of, of, and I'll tell you where it is, of Psalms 82.6 and John 10.34. We're not little gods. We are the children of God. 
They're talking about people that have authority in that scripture that are representing God, but they're not gods. How many gods are there? There's one God, and it ain't us. Now listen, I'm not trying to downplay the fact, though, that we have the power of the Holy Spirit within us. Amen? We have the power to speak God's word. We have the power to heal. We have the power to prophesy. But we are not gods. There is one God in heaven. Um, it also, another, another fault that I see, and, and listen, I'm, I'm going off what I see on Facebook. I'm going off of what I see at people's expressions when things don't go perfectly rosy keen in their life. But another thing is this, is it simplifies that everything good is God and everything bad is Satan. Everything good is God and everything bad is Satan. I ran over a nail. Oh, it was the devil. No, you didn't pick up after your construction project. You know what I mean? It, 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 you start becoming a freak show about every little thing. You know, there is like a spiritual deep meaning in everything. You know, like, oh, he blew his nose. Oh, he's trying to blow the devil out of his head. I mean, really? And, you know, I'm making jokes, but, you know, and the thing is, is it varies to different extremes. But we need to be sound in the way we think and the way we see things. Because here's the deal. Is God good? Will he allow things not so good to happen in our lives? Now, the purpose for them is good. Does God, does God do things or allow things to happen to us for bad? No. You know, the, the scripture says, give thanks in all circumstances. That means stand by, because all circumstances are coming. All right? It, it says, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Now, like Olin said, don't be thankful for the bad things in your life, but be thankful in all the things that happen in your life. Because what happens is, is or another thing, James 1, 2 through 4, count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. For you know that the testing of your faith produces what? Steadfastness. And let steadfastness have its full effect. In other words, let it, let it do what it's meant to do, and that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. Let me tell you something. Jesus suffered. The disciples suffered. All the disciples were murdered for their faith, except for John. Except for one of them. Okay? I mean, I mean, was there, was there, were they not speak? Did they not have faith when they died, or what? You know what I'm saying? And so, my point of it is this: is it's miserable. And here, there's two extremes of this too. It's miserable to think that God hates you and He's out to get you when He's not. And also, every time God tries to intervene in your life, if you blame it on the devil, you're not recognizing what God is trying to do in your life. For instance. For God disciplines the ones that he loves, and it is a sign that they are his children. And Paul even says, discipline is not fun for the moment. Right? How many of you like being disciplined? But, but here's the deal. God disciplines the ones that he loves. So when we are disciplined, first off, we've got to just say it's bad, it's the devil, it's good, it's God. We need to say, what is it? We need to properly identify and so we need to begin to ask questions. We need to begin to understand, okay, God, uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not trusting you in my finances, so my finances are not doing like they are to. Or God, I'm a, I'm a jazz honky husband, and that's why my wife don't like me. Or, or, or God, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a rebellious Jezebel wife, and that's why my husband don't like you. You see what I'm saying? Yeah? And we need to be able to diagnose through the Scripture. It's, it, you know, we need to be able to have some wisdom and see what's going on. Because, listen, God loves you. 
Don't ever doubt that. That is like a premise that you've got to get under your, you know, in your mind. You should never doubt that. But you need to understand that God will intervene. I mean, because if, if that's the truth, if God, God doesn't allow anything bad to happen, there's a lot of scriptures that need to be figured out. Ananias and Sapphira, you know, they come into the church, they lie to the Peter, and Peter didn't say, hey, Satan took you out. It says the Holy Spirit, both of them fell dead. And Peter was clear about who did that. But I mean, on the other hand, we shouldn't come in here every time like, oh, God, I'm afraid, you know. But, here, you know, but we should have a healthy, reverential fear of God that, hey, he's a, he's a perfect father. He knows what's best. He knows how to, he, 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 uh, sometimes he did things in the Bible just to put fear in the people's hearts to make sure that they knew that, you know, don't, you ain't, you ain't equal to me, you ain't above me, and I matter more than you. you know, how many of you agree that God matters more than we do? Now, how many of you agree that God loves you and wants your life to be blessed? He wants your life to be healed. He wants your life to be whole, but not at the expense of the relationship with him. Not at the expense of the word that he has given before us. So, so we need to, we need to, we need to be, begin to read the word and say, okay, this is what's going on in my life. You know, and also, we need to, we need to just quit taking, you know, we, we, need to, we need to evaluate things. That's something dad's taught me. You don't just say, hey, you know, it's like we do silly things. We get up here when visitors are here and, and people that don't know God, and we go, you know, well, my dad died, but God is good. And I'm like, well, that sounds funny. So you're thanking God that your dad died? No. Despite the fact that my dad died, God is good. You hear what I'm saying? You know, we, we, need, to, we need to be able to communicate clearly to the people what's going on. But God is good. And, and you know, when you, there, the Bible says that it is appointed unto man once to die, and after that, the judgment. But until Jesus comes back, we're all going to die. And so when it comes to that point, we shouldn't be, like, mad at God because somebody died because there is a point. Every man, you know, that, that where we're going to die, we're going to come to judgment. And, uh, you know, and there's times in our lives when we don't understand, but you know what? You trust God no matter what. You trust God. It's amazing in how in, in our lives sometimes we want to we manipulate things, and then later when we look back, we're like, man, you know what? I just wished I wasn't as stressed about this because God took care of it. That's just simple things like us trying to move together, you know, up here in, in, on 1003, my family. You know, we've been talking about this for years, and really for about two years, and we kept looking at houses, and it'd fall through. And, you know, and you come to realize this, that, you know what, God, if it ain't, if it ain't good, if it ain't the right thing, God's not going to make it work for you. So quit stressing over it. God, allow God to work things in his due time and his due season, but keep praying and keep searching and keep believing that God's going to make it work out. Amen? Uh, another thing is that positive confession. You know, have, how many of you ever said, man, I got a headache, and somebody said, don't claim it. Don't claim it. Oh. You realize how stupid that is? Imagine the woman that, at, uh, how many of you know what I'm talking about? Imagine the woman with the issue of blood. She was thinking, man, I really need to be healed, but I can't say anything about this. You know? I mean, let me tell you something. Your life is built upon confession. Your salvation is based upon your confession that I need Jesus. Amen? And, and you know what? I'm just, I, this is a whole message on itself. I mean, you could take each one of these and do a series on it. But when it comes to healing... You know, I Jesus died on the cross, amen? And I believe there was power for my sins and there was power for my physical body as well. But let me tell you something. How many of you have been sick and how many of you have sinned since you've been saved? 
Yeah? Does that mean that God doesn't heal? No. That means that we have to understand that there is still, we're, still, we're still in a world, a fallen world, and we need, to wisely real, we need to wisely pray and learn to walk with God and figure these things out as each one comes. Amen? Now, when I, when I become a Christian, you know, the Bible, and this is an interesting thing, God, God hasn't forgotten all that we've done, but he has chosen to not remember them anymore. In other words, when, when, when you come up to God, God doesn't say, remember what you did. I mean, imagine if he had a filing cabinet of all the things that we've done in our lives. And, you, and it's like the 20th time you've come to ask for forgiveness about it. Well, if God, you know, kept a record, he'd like, okay, let me go to the filing cabinet. And then he walks up looking through the A to Z's, you know. I mean, you know, it's, it's not like that. God says, I choose to remember your sins no more. But as we, as we, but as we, as we fall as believers, we haven't lost our salvation. But it's important that we restore our conscience with the Lord and with man as we fall in those situations. Amen. So, yeah. So, so now listen. I'm not, I'm not saying the word positive confession is bad. Gary used it last week, but I think Gary understands it. But if if that means that okay, I have something wrong, but I'm not going to say it because that's confessing it. Well, you better confess it so that you can. Ask God to heal it. Amen? You better say, Lord, I'm sick. I need, I need you to heal me. You, do you hear what I'm saying? And, I, and in me, dude, I, you know, I mean, I know I'm, I'm a very polite, never sarcastic, never joke kind of guy, but sometimes I think things funny, and people go, oh, I don't receive that. I'm like, I was just joking. I'm not speaking evil over you. You know what I mean? I mean, and, 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 you, know, and you need to be safe there. You need to be careful what you say about people. My good grief, people, take a joke, all right? Live, live it up a little bit, all right? Make fun, of, make fun of each other a little bit, okay? You know, we don't want to become big-headed or arrogant or think we're all, you know, I don't want to be too much of a princess for Jesus, then I'll think that, you know, I'm too awesome. But, you know, but, but listen, we, po- positive confession should be this. This is what the Word said. And that's what I mean when I say our words should align up with God's. We're not little gods trying to get the big God to align up with my words. Uh-uh, uh-uh, uh-uh. We are God's kids trying to line up with his image, with his will, with his words, and with his ways. I don't care, I don't care what it comes to. God's will still has an effect on it. God's will still has a plan. God still has a way that works out together for our good, and we have to trust God that, okay, there's a good behind here. I'm going to pray, and I'm going to believe. And, and sometimes I think, you know, and we turn faith into like a power. Like, like it's a deadlift, I'm going to work it, you know, and here's the deal. Faith is not so much a force, it is a surrender to. God said, let me tell you something, the Bible says things, and there's promises behind it. It says if you give, you'll, you'll, you'll receive, okay? But it's not, and I'll talk about that in a moment, but it says that if, if, if you love people, they'll love you in return. It says if you discipline your kids, it says eventually they're going to turn out to be godly kids, and that means spanks their butts. Bible says if you spare the rod, you hate your kids. If you don't spank your kids, you hate your kids, the Bible says. The Bible says that if you spare the rod, you hate your kids. It doesn't know. It says you hate them. And I believe that has a two effects. You hate them because you're not going to do what... Love is doing what is best for you. And when you don't discipline your kids, you're saying, I don't love you enough to do what's best for you. And secondly, when they grow old and they're so belligerent you can't stand them, you're going to hate them yourself. There's too much crap on, on Facebook right now about how, what do you do with your kids? Let me tell you something, I'm not talking about child abuse. That man right there, 
never, never whipped me because he lost his cool. If his cool was lost, the whipping was delayed until he got his cool. Because that is provoking your children to wrath. You see, God, God, God will spank your butt, but he don't lose his cool. God, God, is, God is perfect, and we need to emulate that in our kids' lives. And, and, and I never did anything stupid where I didn't understand, why am I being punished for this? And the same way, we need to begin to walk with God and say, God, if this is a punishment, you know, we need to, be, we be, we need to begin to, let me tell you something, if it's somebody doing something to you because of your faith, that is Satan attacking you because of your faith. And Jesus said, there'd be days like this. Jesus said, Jesus said, hey, hey, that's a song, right? Yeah. So positive confession, you know, you, you've got to deal with reality, with truth. It's got to be truth. The word's all about truth. Okay? So if you're sick, don't say, oh, I'm not going to claim this. Say, Lord, I am very sick, and I need you to heal me in the name of Jesus. Amen? I'm not, saying, I'm not preaching against healing. I'm just, pre- I'm just saying we need to do it in a biblical way that's not goofy. Another thing, it, it, you know, it, it, it turns faith into a force to be used instead of a truth that we surrender to. You know, faith is something that we surrender to, that I accept that. You know what I mean? That's like salvation. You know, there's a big debate. You know, the Bible says we are not saved by works. We are saved by grace. We're saved by grace through faith, through my belief in that. But, but my belief isn't a work. It is a surrender to that. I surrender to the fact that Jesus died on the cross for my sins. I surrender to that fact. I throw up the white flag and say, okay, I need Jesus in my life. And, and that's the way we should respond to faith. We should surrender to that. Whatever the word says, do this, we should surrender to that. It's called obedience. It's that, that's, where, that's, that's why sometimes we think obedience is a work, but obedience is a surrender to the truth, to the truth of what God says. You know, James, James 4, it says, you know, you ask and you do not receive because you ask wrongly and spend it on your own passions. You know, word of faith is like just you just speak it and it'll happen, right? You're a little God, you can create your own stuff. But, but there, are, there, are, there are obstacles to our prayers being answered. You know, the Bible says that if you treat your wife harshly, God, will, God, God won't listen to your prayers. Man, he's got all kind of accountability structure in, in the word that we need to know. Because if you just think, well, if I just pray it and it's going to happen, but there's no accountability to God and his word, there's no love for everybody else, and you're just doing it for your own selfish reason, you hear what I'm saying? It becomes a self-serving deal. Another thing is the financial aspect. Let me tell you, are, are we a, do we believe in giving here? Heck yeah, we do. Well, let me tell you something. The financial aspect... If you go too far, the financial aspect is more important or it's more about the money than the God who provides the resources. You see what I'm saying? We like to talk about receiving blessings from giving, but 1 Timothy 16, it says, As for the rich in this present age, charge them not to be haughty nor to set their hopes on the uncertainty of riches. You see, my my certainty is not on riches. My certainty is... It says here, it says, but on God who provides us with everything to enjoy. Look, enjoy. God wants you to enjoy life. Amen? But not not at the expense of his relationship, not at the expense of your relationship with other people, and not at the expense of of serving him and, and his will. But God wants us to enjoy life. 
And, and we, we forget that to receive, you must what? Give. There's a call to sacrifice. And then lastly, you know, it removes the importance of us taking up our cross daily. When you're so focused on, bless me, bless me, bless me, bless me, bless me. You know, you don't focus on what, what is the call. What is the call of Christ? What is the call of God? Luke 9, 23 through 24 says, If anyone would come after me, let him what? Deny himself. Deny himself. It's pretty interesting. You know, you know you're, when you get saved, your spirit comes alive. But you've got this soul. Yourself is this soul. It's who you are. It's who you've, you've, you've become, however many years it is until you become a Christian. I, I got saved when I was in my early 20s. So how, how many years of practice did I have of being a lost person? I had 20-something years of having practice, you know. And my spirit had to begin, in, in its infancy, has to grow up. And it has to kill the soul, amen? It has to kill the flesh. It has, to, it has to transform it into the likeness of Christ. And he said, for whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. Don't be so focused on the blessings of God that you don't allow room for sacrifice, that you don't allow room for, for selflessness, and you don't turn the gospel into a self-serving thing but it is a God-serving thing. Ephesians 5.15 says, Look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise. Don't be a dummy. It says, Making the best use of time because the days are evil. It says, Therefore do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. You take prayer, for instance. Prayer is important. And I believe there is so much that we could all learn about prayer. I mean, I'm... My goal right now, here's the deal, we're a spirit-filled church, but I don't think we're operating on a level that we could operate. Because I, don't, I, I want to see men confidently operating in the gifts. I want to see women confidently operating in the gifts. And I think, you know what, when, when you want to get here, you've got to go back to the basics and say, let's establish the basics. Let's get firm in the foundation. The Bible says that Jesus is the firm foundation. Hebrews 6 says, not going, laying again, the elementary doctrines of Christ. But you see, the Bible also says that whatever is built upon that foundation, it has to be legit or it ain't going to make it. It says the, the valuable things will make it through the fire, but the wood, straw, and, and stubble is going to not make it through the fire. You know, there's the baptism of fire that we go through in life, the sanctification. And if, it, if it's not good stuff, it's going to burn up and, and we're not going to have anything to show for it. We need to build good things upon the foundation of Jesus. But we don't want to be a bunch of self-serving Christians that are about ourselves, that are not taking up our cross, that are just focused on our benefit, though serving God is a great benefit. Amen? Is it beneficial serving God? Are there blessings? Is there healing? Is there, is there provision? Yes. But I want you to go to Matthew 25. Matthew 25 talks about the parable of the talents. And, and I want you to understand that this is a series of parables that Jesus is sharing. And at the beginning of sharing these parables, he says, This, then the kingdom of heaven will be like. In other words, this is what the kingdom of heaven is like. So what is this representing here, the kingdom of heaven? This is what it's like, okay? This is what it's like. Jesus is trying to give us a picture of what it's like to be a part of the kingdom of heaven. 
He says in verse 25, verse 1. I'm sorry, go to verse 14. He says, for it would be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted them to his property. To one he gave five talents, to another two, and, 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 and to another one, each according to his ability. Then he went away. He who had received the five talents went at once and traded with them, and he made five talents more. So also he who had the two talents made two talents more. But he who, do, who had received the one talent went and dug into the ground and hid his master's money. Now after a long time, the master of those servants came and settled accounts with them. And he who had received the five talents came forward, bringing five talents more, saying, Master, you delivered to me five talents. Here I have made five talents more. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. How many of you understand that? We say this, you know, but God, before God's going to trust you with a lot, he needs to be able to trust you with what? A little. You know, if you want, like you, some of you people, you know, you feel like you're called to ministry. Well, can, I, can we trust you a little? Should I apply some other principle other than God? If I, can, I, can I trust you to be faithful where you're at, to be faithful to the church? Or are you going to be faithful to your ministry or to your calling or whatever you think God has for you? You know, we're not, I'm not called here individually. William's not called here individually. We're called here as a collective body to build God's church. Where was that? Come on, people. 2021. All right, we'll go back to 20. We'll compromise. And he who had received the five talents came forward saying, Master, you delivered me five talents. I have made five talents more. 21. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. And he also who had the two talents came forward saying, Master, you delivered to me two talents. Here I have made two talents more. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. He also, who had received the one talent, came forward saying, Master, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you did not sow, and gathering where you scattered no seed. So I was afraid, and I went and hid your talent in the ground. Here you have what is yours. But his master answered him, You wicked and slothful servant. You knew that I reap where I do have not sown, and gather where I scattered no seed. Then you ought to have invested my money with the bankers, and at my coming I should have received what was my own with interest. So take the talent from him and give it to him who has the ten talents. It says, For to everyone who has will be given, and he will have an abundance. But the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. And cast the worthless servant into the outer darkness in that place where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. So this, so God did not put us here to pursue our wills and our fortunes and, and, and our opportunities, though those things are a part of his plan. But the most important thing is this, is that God has equipped us, each and every one of us, at different levels with different talents and resources, but he has equipped us to do his will, to build his kingdom for his glory. Amen? Amen? We're not here to build our kingdom and to, and to pursue our will and to, and, and to pursue our glory. We're here to be servants to Jehovah God. Amen? 
And we can't put us in a place where we're self-serving and we become the most important thing. We have to use what God has given us to glorify Him. And I'm going to tell you something. It is very beneficial when you do that. Because God will take care of you. God will provide you. And God will bless you in those things. I mean, the Bible, the, the Scripture, it says, you know, He that has given up homes and, and lands and family and, and all these things... For, the, for my sake, we'll receive those a hundredfold. Let me tell you something. Those scriptures stand. That guy right there left a job with two crippled kids. We didn't have nothing. We, we, didn't, we didn't live this big financial luxurious life. We live day to day with God. But here he is at 60 or 80 years old. How old are you now? <laughs> 66 years old. Just to see that God is coming through. But let me tell you something. He lived a life of sacrifice to receive what he's receiving now. He decided to take up his cross and follow God. He decided that I'm going to do what God says and whatever God gives me is awesome. Amen? And, and, and my family, we're doing the same thing. You know, we're saying, okay, God, whatever you... you know, I mean, I live, we lived with him for six years. You know how humiliating that is to be a Marine Scout sniper living with your mom and dad? You know? But we, but we knew this was the plan of God because it ain't about me, it's about God's plan in life. And now our dreams, you know, that God has given us and that God has blessed with, we're starting to see, man, we've been faithful to God and God is faithless. Let me tell you something, the Bible says that when we are faithless, He is still faithful. Amen? So do y'all get what I'm laying down? Serve the Lord. Be His servant. Give up your lives, and God will take care of the things in your life. You know, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. You see, the, the kingdom package, I got one minute and I got to be done. You read the book of Acts. The people came to know Jesus. They were saved. Amen? And then they got water baptized. And, this, and, and I've, I've gone over this. And then they got... Uh, Baptized in the Holy Spirit. They got filled with the Holy Spirit, okay? This is called the kingdom package. This is the thing that God wants you to experience. And God wants to fill you with his power. You know, and, and here's the deal. It's not, and the power comes from God. You know, even, even the gifts of the Spirit, it says that he, he distributes them as he wills. See, there's even the will of the Holy Spirit. You know, the, there's the will of the Trinity in our lives, how it works out. And, and, we, and when we seek God, we need, to, we need to quit trying to conform God to our plan. We need to conform our lives to God's plan. When we pray, it can't be just to do this, do this, do this, do this. It needs to be, God, what is your will? Yeah, yeah. Our Father, you're my Father who art in heaven. Hallowed be thy name. You are holy. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Amen? You see, if we want, we have the ability and the potential and the power and the presence of God to unlock heaven here on earth, but it's not going to be done through our means and our measures. It's going to be done with us walking with the Father, aligning with the Father, and Him enabling us to see it come to pass in this world. Amen? And so we need to be kingdom packaged people. We need to be people who are saved. We need to be people who are empowered. I mean, why did the Holy Spirit come? To comfort us and to empower us to do what God has called us to do. But God has equipped us to do His will, to build His kingdom, and for His glory. Amen? 
And we should do it thankfully and selflessly. And we need to do it joyfully, knowing that this is what God created us to do. And we need to know that God loves us. And we need to, we need to, we need to, when things go bad, we need to be able to say, okay, what's going on? I ran over a nail. What's going on? Satan is trying to attack me to keep me from doing what God's called me to do. What's going on? I need to repent and quit getting my britches tore up. You know? Don't blame stuff on the devil that ain't the devil. Sometimes it's your daddy. So, hear what I'm saying today. Learn to be charismatic, spirit-filled people that are sound in doctrine, that are powerful, that can heal. But you know what? Let's learn. Let's spend our time focusing on God and His will. And when He says to move, you move. When He says to be still, you be still. When He says to speak, you speak. When He says to shut up, you shut up. You see what I'm saying? Don't always assume that God wants to do something. Sometimes He don't want to do nothing. Sometimes we just need to say, God, what is your will? Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. I believe in prosperity. I believe this. I'm going to eat tomorrow, and I'm going to eat the next day, and I'm going to eat the next day. You know what I'm saying? I'm not expecting a new Cadillac or a million-dollar check, and if you get a million-dollar check, God bless you, but use it to serve the Lord. Amen? Don't be consumed by it. It's just money. You know what? It really is. It's just money. It's just money. I, I got blessed here recently, and man, I've given away so much of it already, I'm thinking, wow. But you know what? It's... it's when it, if, when it comes to God and trusting Him, it's like eating Doritos. They're going to make more, right? God, God's going to provide. Because when, when we get a little excess, we're like, oh, I better hold on to that. And God says, I want you to do this with it. And you're like, oh, God, come on. You never blessed me this much before. It doesn't change. He's still going to take care of you day to day. You hear me? So trust God and, uh, and, and, and live for Him. And, and listen, don't be, don't, listen, we're not on a campaign to speak against televangelists and stuff like that. Hey, if they're preaching that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, that's what matters, okay? This is, and our church, is not, our church is not responsible to make everybody else right, okay? I'm just telling you, this is where we stand. This is who we are, and this is what we want to strive to be. And, and I want you guys to be a spirit-empowered people that have confidence in the Holy Spirit that has confidence to know what to do when things, you know, go awry, okay? And you don't freak out, you don't pass out, you don't get on Facebook and say stupid stuff, all right? So, Father God, I just come right now, Lord, and I just pray for each and every one here tonight, God. And God, I pray, Lord, that as we just, we just open up, Lord, that we don't try to make this a work. Lord, let us surrender in faith, Lord. Let us surrender in faith to what your Bible says, to what your Word says, let us be people, Lord, of the prophetic, of the miraculous, of healing, Father God. Lord, and Lord, let us trust you for our provision, Lord. But God, I pray, Lord, that you will become a God, Lord, that begins to speak your will into each and every one of our lives individually and also our church collectively, God. Lord, so that we can be a church that doesn't just talk about how powerful you are, but we can manifest how powerful you are, Father God. And God, I just pray, Lord, that you'll touch us, Lord. Lord, that you'll begin to work in our lives. And God, I pray for the broken here today, God. Lord, that they will just surrender to you, Lord. And that they can be healed, Father God. Whether it be spiritual or whether it be physical, God. But God, I just pray that you'll begin to do a work in people's lives today, God. And Lord, let us be a healthy, whole, powerful, spirit-filled church. In Jesus' name, amen.
Because, you know, but, but all, let me tell you another thing out there, too. Man, we could throw nuggets all day long. I could stone you with nuggets, literally. But, but just like we shouldn't be superficial, you know, like, you know, once again, like if, I, if, like if I'm in combat and I get shot in the chest, I'm like, I'm not going to accept this. I'm, I'm healed in the name of Jesus. You know what I'm saying? I'm bleeding out. Better get a tourniquet on that thing. But just like that, we shouldn't whine on Facebook. There, there is no faith in that neither. There's no faith in that. Oh, God. Uh, uh. I want to make let me. People on Facebook aren't who you're to have faith in.